They say I'm disturbed. From city to city, an incredible hysterical panic spread. I think we're getting into a weird area here. Will you tell these fools I'm not crazy? This hysteria. You can't handle the truth. Brain is gone. This is Hysteria 51. The truth is out there. It's a lie. But you won't find it here. They're coming for you. Look, there comes one of them now. Welcome in, Hysteria Nation, to the podcast that doesn't have a cult secretly funding us. Just go for its Patreon sniff money. This is Hysteria 51. Then why the hell do you keep dipping into my bot boost profits? One. People are dumb and they buy that crap you make. I want to get that out right off the bat. Two, once someone smells go for it, there is zero chance at repeat business. I don't like you, but you have a point. That other unfortunate voice is Conspiracy Bot, a resident robot who is supposed to help the show. And I think I've said this week after week, he doesn't. No one likes you. No one likes you. Sweet comeback. I see those improv classes have paid for themselves. I don't go to improv classes. I just leave the house to get away from you. So it's a win-win, and I thank you for that. Moving on. So getting into this week, because it's a doozy, we got a, we got a, a two-parter, part one this week. Uh, we got a returning guest and a newbie this week, Seabot, and they're both more educated than you are. $13 says I can take them in a knife fight or rap battle. I spit bars and cause scars. Are, are you done? For now. Anyway, like I was saying, let's welcome back to the show. I think you're pretty familiar with his song. His name is... Kevin! 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 Wow. Tension breaker. Had yeah, to that, was, uh, that had to come out. Um, so, what's been up? Oh, this, that, the other thing. I've been really curious about, uh, there used to be this diner in Waco, Texas called the Empire Diner. Mm. And I had it on a t-shirt when I was a kid and I thought it was cool. Was it actually like a, a, a an ironic one or you had went there and liked it? Uh, I believe my stepmom had gone there mm-hmm. or something and had it or I got it. Maybe I got it at a fucking um, Goodwill. Mm-hmm. Uh, we used to buy a lot of t-shirts at Goodwill back in the day. Yeah, well, now it's like that's, or at least for a while, that was in vogue to do. Yeah, stop putting the hands around your face like that. <laughs> sad times, still plugging away, sad, traveling. Sad times, just going, doing a lot of traveling for work. Um, so, yeah, sad times. You can find us, of course, uh, wherever you get your podcast. just sad space times. Um, we're kind of on a bit of a break because I am traveling so much. I just got here from New York today. Literally, he came from with luggage from the airport. Yes. And then he leaves back on Monday. Yeah. So. Flying to Houston Monday. Yeah. But, uh, well, you know, I, I he's been traveling. He talks about sad things. So I had him come in this week because... I just wanted a fluff episode that we could laugh at and have fun. Yeah. And, and real I, lighthearted. I appreciate the effort that you made to go in that direction. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say you failed. Well, and you're not the only one here, though, because, no, I'm not. you know, Mr. Vernon, Mr. David Koresh, whatever you want to call him, he was an aspiring writer. He, he wrote some stuff. We have another, no, a published writer. So he's been on Sad Times. If you listen to Sad yeah. Times, you've heard yeah. him on there. And he just had his... His new book is out uh, as we speak like a day ago, J.T. Brown, and we also had him on here because he has an interesting look at this whole case. He is a mental health professional. That's why him and Kevin are friends. 
<laughs> I pay for his services. Necessity. Uh, JT, welcome. Thank welcome. you. Thank you, Brent. Um, can I say I have bumper envy? Uh, you have bumper envy. Well, let me tell you about the, the the months and years I've toiled in the Hysteria Fifty One mines to get a bumper. He's got the Thank taste of much. the gruel still on. That's his right. Lips. The gruel is just bleh, into yes. my beard. That's a, a beautiful, beautiful bumper. Absolutely. Uh, so tell us about your book. You, your new book just came yeah, out. Yeah. So uh, plugged away at it for about three years. Uh, it's called Scab Among the Stars, and it's available uh, on Amazon either in Kindle format for the low, low price. Price of two ninety nine, nice. uh, or the paperback version if you are a hands on type uh, for eighteen ninety nine. I tell you what, uh, it's awesome too because it's about aliens that cross picket lines <laughs> and on union disputes in in, in space. Yeah, the the, the a, uh, green a, Jimmy a bull, Hoffa bull is really lie. good stuff. That's a bull face lie. <laughs> Can I, I just can, I I was I mean I read the jacket. That's where my mind went. You know, I don't know. I don't know. Can I say something too about the book? No, um, please. I uh, I read an early copy of it, an early well, I, I, kind of a finished draft, but close to the end. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a really fantastic book, and uh, I'm not somebody who is it uh, like speculative fiction. Often, I, I want to like it, but it's often not. It doesn't often draw me in. Uh, this book, uh, I had it in a binder, and I was carrying a binder <laughs> around with me everywhere. It was a trapper keeper. Well, yeah, he's more of a seven seals kind of guy. <laughs> uh, what he really likes to damn right. Uh, Fire yes. and brimstone. Mm-hmm. Type there, stuff. there is a decent amount of fire, brimstone, yeah. and child sacrifice in my book. So, yeah, that's true. Oh, man, we're firing on all <laughs> cylinders this week. We just really we got ringers all over the place. Not that's the right. ringers like in your your trapper keeper, where you printed out and kept his book, but very similar. So, where can everyone find it? You said Amazon. Yeah, Amazon again, either Kindle or paperback format. Scab among the stars. That's right. It's the only one of that name. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm so so. So Which is weird because my uh, my my email is scab among the stars seven twenty three. Yeah, so. yeah, no, yeah. July twenty third was a bad day, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, don't talk of, we don't talk about that. Okay, then we are going to talk about a tragedy this week, and we're probably we're going to break this up into two. We were talking, we were looking at this. The Waco is something that is a huge story, so we're going to break it up this week. We're going to talk the cult and the founding and the the the, the methods to that. Next week, we're going to talk the actual siege and what happened. Uh, excuse me, cult? I don't know if I would use that term here. Uh, I'm pretty sure that this is in the book uh, with, with cults. Uh, I saw the, the picture of them uh, in uh, the encyclopedia as the as, ref- as a representation of And as you know, yeah, yeah. He, he celebrates the entire Funkin' Wagnalls encyclopedia. So. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> so Waco, David Crash, the Branch Davidians, Seventh Day Adventists, all this stuff kind of gets gets worked in together. So what I'm getting at is buckle up for hilarity because this is a funny story and it's uplifting. <laughs> You're too. just gonna slap your knees and you know if you love the government, everything. It's just really a. Yeah. It's I don't know, man. It, there's so much to this story, but the siege that is so famous that we're going to talk about was February 28th through April 19th of 1993. 26 years ago right now. One of my favorite years. What? Why? Just so much fun stuff happened that year. Janet Reno bursts onto the scene. Waco, of course. Rodney King testifies in court. The Great Blizzard of 93 strikes the eastern United States killing 184. The West Memphis Three were tried and convicted. The Unabomber is mailing crap. Don't ask, don't tell. The Great Flood of 93 happened. The World Trade Center bombing. The list goes on. 
You are seriously fucked why up. Why is... I, I don't understand why you allow him on the show still. Thank you. Ah, oh, Jesus Christ. It's more like it's a... If I don't, I'm probably going to have to unleash him on society. You know, I think he would be a, a very effective cult leader himself. <laughs> Do you think he's the lamb that could break the seventh seal, perhaps? Hey, prick. Don't steal my lines. <laughs> do you guys w- remember the Waco siege happening? Do I do. Yeah, a, I do too. Yeah. So I talked to producer Lisa. She, I mean, she's aware of it, but she doesn't really have a lot of memories of it. This was a big thing. I remember a lot of it. And I remember for whatever reason that tank. And instead of a gun, it had that battering ram, like ramming into the building. going into the wall. And it looks like the wall is almost paper. Because of the the force of it, and it just kind of crumples. Well, and they also, they tore down a bunch of cottages that they had there Uh and made that compound, so I'm sure it was probably kind of shoddily built anyway, and there was tunnels under all of it and everything. You're saying the Messiah oversaw something that was shoddily built? Well, even you're you're busy being the 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 new lamb. He's got those spiritual wives. You got to understand yeah. they take a lot yeah. of time. You know what falls first in the new Messiah's coming? Building codes. Built ah. <laughs> yeah. Man, you got a lot of union jokes yeah. going over there, buddy. Hey, hey, you know, you can turn water into wine, but 60 inches between studs just falls by the wayside. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, John, I, I imagine that you're probably regretting coming on this podcast. <laughs> you know, I uh, I remember the siege as well. I remember because uh, one of the rednecks from our school told me a joke that I didn't understand. He said, what's Waco stand for? And I said, I don't know. He said, we ain't coming out. <laughs> And I didn't. I was, at that moment. I was like, "What? I, what does that mean?" And so then I went and I asked my parents, and they told me what was going on. Uh, so. Oh, <laughs> yeah. John Thomas and I, for those of you who don't know, grew up together. We're very close friends. Uh, I'm. I think I know who told you that joke, mm-hmm. and I'm picturing it in my mind. And the man uh, has no neck. No. <laughs> oh. No. Oh, no neck Jones. Yeah, yeah, you do no neck. Yeah. <laughs> Shit, it's the craziest thing. This story, though, it's so infamous because it was. I think it's safe to say so poorly managed and executed mm-hmm. by our government, the ATF, the FBI, Janet Reno, Bill Clinton, everyone that that had fingers on it kind of just goes, man, ugh. and so many people died because of it. Many women, children, innocents, as well as officers. Oops, killed some kids, as the saying goes. That's not a saying. That <laughs> should be. No, no. Kevin? Yeah. I think you were right about him. Yeah, I I've been right the whole time. Yeah, it's for real. I don't, you know why I put up with him? My bumper. <laughs> is he the is he the originator of your bumper? Um God, he didn't have anything to do with that, did he? Well, I, I mean Cuz if so, I would like to maybe talk to him after the show. <laughs> uh, we're going to have a good talk to him. <laughs> oh, he's going to want to talk to you too about his new uh, religion that he's going to be pushing. <laughs> for real though, 76 people like we said, including children died during Jesus. the siege and fire at Mount Carmel. Mount Carmel was the location of their compound. And before we get into the whole siege and tragedy, let's talk this week the Branch Davidians and how all that came about. Offshoot of the Seventh Day Adventists. We talked about that. Uh, can and I just say, do you know who a Seventh Day Adventist is today? No, Ben Carson. Really? Yeah. And what was it? The the uh, Egyptian pyramids were grain uh, for grain. grain Joseph put his grain in there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know if I need to tell you guys this. You might be confused, but the the Branch Davidians aren't a groovy party time offshoot no. of the. I say Adventists. It's Adventists is how they say it, isn't it? Correct. Adventists. Seventh Day Adventist. Yep. Yeah. Branch Davidians, uh, guess what? Yeah. I already said it. It's a religious cult. 
Jeez. That's the religious cult. Wow, you got, yeah, you have. I guess there's that many of them, huh? Well, you, you know, we're not chopping does that, our balls does off that and going to play school. whenever someone would go into the church. Would it every and, time? Every entry? It's like you're entering Engineer. a CVS. <laughs> Pretty much, they made they checked your pockets too to make sure you had a gun as yes. opposed to. Oh, man. But the thing about this cult is, like so many oh so fun ones, this was an end times group. This was very much a. This is the type of group that I think of when I think of Poltergeist, the guy from Poltergeist. Like, come child, come with me. Are you lost? Are you scared? Except for he was in a rock band and he banged a lot of uh, broads. So Brent, can you give me an example of some? happy non-end times cults that just think things are going to keep going well, and it's going to be golden forever. Seabot has a pamphlet That's true. if okay. you would be interested right. in. Okay. Uh, gotcha. Yeah, right? Like, I guess there are probably cults. Like, what are they talking about? The guy from uh, 30 Seconds to Mars. What's his name? Uh, the uh, actor. Yeah. Um, Jared Leto? Uh, Jared Leto. Right? Yeah, uh-huh. Now he's like, uh, they're saying, starting a cult. Oh. Having people, he's dressing in white robes and talking to people on a on a beach and you can go see So him you're saying he grows tired of writing nickel and dime science fiction and the way to make real money is to start a religion? That is the best way. It's it's going to be called uh Jared Letoists. <laughs> Letoists? Yeah, they're going to Excuse me, guys. You're, uh, be so, my so-called level. my so-called Leto death level. instead yeah. of my so-called uh, death. That's the way it goes. Guys, can we just please Oscar winner Jared Leto? Okay. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. Don't be a joker. Get out of here. <laughs> But suicide the big th- the big thing about this is this is the book of revelations like we said Brian Firebird's lamb of god stuff Jesus is coming the end is nigh it started back in 1959 by this guy named Ben Roden as an offshoot of the Davidian Seventh Day Adventist Church and they practice some strict shit under his rule stuff like the sabbath and the seventh day you know you keep that holy abiding by dietary laws of the old testament no caffeine no cloven hoof stuff that it, stuff's tough i mean i mm-hmm. you i have to drain all the blood out of the animal before i eat it i mean yes, all the blood asking, all of it that's and not just for fun <laughs> uh, for for religious reasons right. why not both oh, yeah so then we got in 1929 victor hotef or hotef came up with the shepherd's rod idea and this was a prophecy that he was a divine messenger of god boom ben believed it the guy that we're talking about ben roden he believed it and they believed that on october 22nd of 1844 Mm. god the father and jesus moved from the throne on high from which they were in you know judging everyone in the universe to the most holy place in the heavenly sanctuary in order to fulfill the anti-typical day of atonement. This is their wording that I'm just using here, wherein they were to go through the books of records in order to judge the people's deeds to determine their rewards or punishments. That means they left the throne on high and came to earth. Uh, I'd just like to point out that October 22nd is John Dooley's birthday. Thank you. October 22nd, 1844. Yes, he's very old. <laughs> awesome. He claimed that his job was to gather, and this is a number you all heard, 144,000 people from whom the book of Revelation say will be saved from God's wrath at the end of the world. So he needs to find these people. He needs to group them together, get them together, prophesizing that this world would be restored, the kingdom of David in Palestine, and Hutef founded the Davidian Seventh-day Adventist, changed his name to David, because mm-hmm. that's what you do that's if you're oh, Davidian, yeah. Oh yeah, and began his quest in Mount Carmel. That is the place that became famous right outside of Waco, Texas. It, Mount Carmel makes me think a little bit of like a place that would maybe be in Candyland. If yeah. you were you know, after you make it through like Gloppy's area and then you go through <laughs> the, the Candy Cane Forest. Next, next up, Mount Carmel. <laughs> and then you're on. on oh, that sounds to Mount like Carmel. guts. 
<laughs> it does sound like, like uh, crag, agro crag, agro crag, yeah. man. This agro crag's fucking delicious. <laughs> <laughs> so what they taught was the the this investigative work of finding who is worthy to be the 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 ones that to go to heaven, so to speak, has to begin with those who are already dead in order to decide who was to come up in the resurrection of the saints and those who were to later come up in the resurrection of the wicked. So say your prayers and eat your vitamins. Exactly. You know, that's right, brother, his brother. Very importantly, they also teach that or taught whatever you want to call it, that eventually the judgment would pass on to those who were living in order to determine who would be translated without seeing death at Christ's second coming. Meaning, no longer was it going to be from the dead and, and this, this, this intangible God, someone on earth was going to have that power living person. And these branch Davidians saw that that lamb of God is, as a person was going to hold those powers. And those would be destroyed by the brightness of his coming as they put it the the rest of the people. And obviously that is, you know, on a more serious note, that is a perfect backdrop for an opportunistic individual uh, to um, insinuate themselves into that position. Man, I tell you what, Messiah complex is a hell of a thing. Yeah. You know? And it's a, it, that's a hell I had of a one drug. until I was like 19. <laughs> well, I got better. No shit. I now he's better. a, I got better. <laughs> so Roden, he told the Seventh day Advent, Adventist church that the rod that the judgment has passed from the dead to the living. That whole, that was what they called it. The dead, now it's the living. The person who's making the decisions is alive and on earth. That was going to be on 20th of October, 1955. He tells them that, boom, that's like a power move. He's like, give me the power. I'm going to be able to do this. Uh, didn't exactly work out. We'll get into that a little bit more. What? Yeah. Roden died in October of 78. Uh-huh. We're just skimming through some of the, the, the details before we break them down. Uh, his wife, Lois, and son, George, then led the sect until the emergence of, as we know him, David Koresh in the mid-80s, who he wasn't David Koresh at no, that time. He had a much better name before. <laughs> yeah. Old Vernon. And I, I just love that name. That is next. Vernon. Yeah. Vernon. Sounds like the guy that would have made the Waco joke to you. Yeah, it actually <laughs> was. It was actually a guy named, named Vernon. And no neck. <laughs> no neck. No neck. So they just handed it over to good old Vern. Oh, no. No, no. He took it with force in a gun battle. <laughs> you are evil. Yes. <laughs> evil. Uh, so gun battle ensues. Police arrest both George Roden and Koresh. But get this. And this is all just we're, we're painting a picture. We're, we're going to break this down. Neither was convicted of charges from that fight. Roden, though was imprisoned uh, for a contempt of court, and while Roden was in jail, for other reasons which we'll get into, Crush paid back taxes on the compound that was in dire need of them. Boom, I, he I can't over. wait to talk about what uh, they fought over in court. It's uh, pretty intense. We're going to get to that, and it is delicious. <laughs> so, Colt, there was just a real quick overview uh strict religious following the things with cults leader picks and chooses who is saved and who isn't that was the power that they were saying this person has this power so if he was unhappy with you he could say oh you're, you're not safe anymore you're gonna go to you out yeah. i'm sure there are checks and balances though right? oh there sure probably just plenty like of people the current, of course and... there always are in in cults <laughs> election <laughs> election cycles <laughs> your diet and all parts of your life are strict structured and ruled over with all these rules and that's an important thing too that people you know they it's not all kumbayas and, and lovemaking for the people that aren't. Well, it was all lovemaking for control. him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Hey, look, he just had to get those 24-something or others. But, you know, think about this. So you surround yourself with these people. Uh-huh. Someone's in control, and that control grows and grows and grows. And that's like I was talking about earlier. This Messiah complex is a hell of a drug. It you is. know, when people, I don't even think people a lot of times realize that they're starting a cult or in a cult until it's a full-blown it, it cult. It must be, yes, very intoxicating to the point where you don't even re- you don't even realize, I don't know. Well, when you're in the middle of it, you're just like, well, this is, you don't understand. And I want to make sure that we riff on a little bit um, from a mental health perspective, um, the eerie similarities uh, of multiple failed artists who went on to start cults. We can talk about that. Well, you know, you're going to, that's a, a, an interesting thing. Failed artists from Hitler to Manson to this, to that. And yeah, it's a, uh, there's a lot of, I don't know where that breakdown is, but that's got to be a, a specific psyche type thing. I have a theory with no data to support it whatsoever. <laughs> well, then you're in the right place. <laughs> All right, good. How do people fall into this? That's though? what that's I want to know. talking about. Yeah, so you have the Messiah complex right on one end where somebody who maybe not at first wasn't going for that, but then they see, oh, my God, these people are actually under my sway, and now I will Well, just... how do the people fall for it? That's what I want to know is I can get people... Uh, fall, th- these must be people who are really looking for something in their life. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's and it's weird. It doesn't. So people assume, oh, these are all people that had you know tenth grade educations, and, and there are certainly some. But um, that whole existential hole in the soul, it, it extends to everybody. And there so was Harvard graduates, all, everything were in this. Like with people that were. <sighs> Something missing is is an interesting thing, yes. and people it knows want no to be a part of barriers. Yeah, yeah. people I mean, it, want to be a part of something. And yeah, you and, feel like you fit. And in. as a former fundamentalist, as we talked about on Sad Times, yeah. um, you know, you, you really want answers, and cults tend to give answers. They don't really encourage questions, but right. by God, they will give you answers, and they'll give you answers, and the, it'll be a crisp. In two years from today, this will happen. Yep. This will happen. So it's like a, a, a black and white view of the world. Plus, uh, cult leaders, uh, another thing that, that we kind of didn't talk about, but I think it's true, are very charismatic. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, Vern, uh, Vernon was also a charismatic gentleman. It's like, it's like, uh, oh, my Terrible God. gentleman. But it's like Norm <laughs> MacDonald. He's like, everyone wants to go back in time and go back and kill Hitler. <laughs> That's silver tongue devil. What if I get back there? He just weaves a web of lies and he talks so good. I just fall for it. He's just talking to them like, you're not supposed to say that. But he was a good talker. Making fun yeah. about everyone says, oh, but he was such a good talker. And the thing about uh, Vernon uh, is he actually was dyslexic and was not actually a particularly skilled reader, but he had an identic memory and could just wax poetic right. on, I mean, whole books of scripture. Well, that's I mean, a great that's a great part. Let's let's go to break real quick. When we come back, let's talk Vernon. Yeah. Vernon Wayne Howell and how he became David Koresh. We're going to do that. Kevin, did you have a statement? Or? No, i just holding in a fart. <laughs> Don't <laughs> trust gonna, it. We're going to tag that next on Hysteria 51. <laughs> Hola, David. Me amo Brent. Bonjour, uh, Brent. Je m'appelle David. You didn't do Spanish. I thought if we were going to do this together, we'd do the same language. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that's uh, that's on brand for us. I, that, I I just thought romance languages yeah. was the key. Everything I say is romantic, and that is thanks to Rosetta Stone. <laughs> you guys, we we've been touting these things forever. We love Rosetta Stone, and we actually are users. David, you've really been using it even for longer than I. 
what's your experience been like? Oh, it's been great. The thing is, uh, you really get to learn how to speak and think in that language with it. So it's very high on pronunciation, too. So <laughs> you can, you know, learn how to speak. And, you know, our show is all about proper pronunciation. <laughs> in that pronunciation. Yeah, that's right. But it's it, they design it for long-term retention, you know. It, and, yeah. Uh, if you don't get the pronunciation right, you you say it until you do, and then you know that that just seeps into your head. Well, and that's why you know this has been trusted by experts for thirty years, and there's over twenty five different languages that you can learn, and people millions and millions of users use it because, like you said, it does seep in, and you're using it with you know you get speech recognition, and mm-hmm. it, it hears you. You get to use like the built in true accent features that gives you this pronunciation, which is super convenient, and you can do it at your own time. And I don't know if you can know this, but I'm all about value. And you get a one-time purchase, 25 languages. If I learned all 25 languages, I'd be so confused or really cool. <laughs> I'd go in and out. But you'd be real marketable. But literally, though, this is something that we use. And we have both of us have given the seal of approval because we want to do this long term. And uh, it's something that uh, it works. You know, and we don't yeah. we don't do long term um, stuff like this, and this is this is the one that we've chosen, and we love it. So, all you guys got to do don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now, as we've told you a thousand times, and it's always now, right now. Get now. started for Larry limited time. His Air Fifty One listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for fifty percent off. How much? Fifty percent. Visit Rosetta Stone dot com slash today that's 50 percent off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your unnatural life wow redeem redeem, redeem. how do they do it rush your 50 oh. percent off rush <laughs> redeem it 50 percent off rosetta stone.com slash today do it today After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when Brent and I heard that for a limited time, all Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, we thought, man, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. Brent is trying to plan right now and says that it works like a charm from Chicago to Nashville as he makes his big old move. Mint Mobile is working for him. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. And you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. So ditch the overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash hysteria. That's mintmobile, M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash hysteria, H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash hysteria. $45 upfront payment required. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. That was I don't know why I keep growling. 
<laughs> you're just angry. Uh, Maybe you're just you you love Colts. Uh, Do you love them as much as Vernon Wayne Howell? Uh, no, uh, I did not dedicate my life to them. I, well, um, I don't know. This guy annoys the piss out of me. Well, that's good. I think. Yeah. I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Vernon Wayne Howell was born in Houston, Texas, on August seventeenth, nineteen fifty nine. Uh, that's not when David Koresh was born. That no. His later. mom was the ripe old age of 14. Yeah, is that correct? Uh, 15. That's 15. 15. Which is 15? High school okay. Day. So, Fucked uh, up. real quick, you were talking about this. He was intelligent, but he was dyslexic. Mm-hmm. And he had that, that, that picture memory that he could, he could remember everything. But because he was dyslexic and it was, uh, you know, back then, guess what his nickname was? Mr. Retardo. Wow. Man, that's what they that's fucking rough. call him. And he claims now this has never been put, but he said he was he was obviously made fun of. He said at eight he was gang raped by other boys at his school, and that was never confirmed. Uh, Bonnie Sue Clark, the mother, she was fifteen. She was non-existent. She was a high school dropout. Yeah, he was raised by his grandparents. So his maybe? yeah, so she couldn't afford to raise him. So the yeah. grandparents kept him most of the oh, time. Oh, side note: Bonnie Sue stabbed to death in January of two thousand and nine by her sister. That is true. What? Yeah, no, it, she was stabbed. Lord. She and, was stabbed to death in two thousand nine. Yeah, by her sister. Wow, wow. That's yeah. I did not. That's news to me. I didn't know that. Seabot coming in with the. The, uh, the the facts. You know, Seabot's always uplifting. You know, yeah. I think it, I think his bumper should be "Wake me up before you go go." <laughs> I'd rather we just leave him. Robot. Uh, like you talk about though, as a child, he would memorize quotes and sections from the Bible, and people look back at it. They said he would like give these quotes and say them, but he was just looking for attention. Yeah, he was just wanting people. He didn't really understand. In fact, he did actually become a Christian. Born again, he was twenty two. When he actually uh, really got into the church, he dropped out of school in the eleventh grade at sixteen. And again, uh, people say it was because of that bullying. Wouldn't he like get out of here, Mister Retardo? But even uh, with the horrible bullying, wouldn't he also like go away for hours at a time and pray? Like he was really into that, or, or am I to read? Yeah. So the thing I, is, there's, there's a mixed lot. messages out there. He went first. He, he did turn to religion. Uh, at first, he began as a Southern Baptist, turned Seventh Day Adventist, and they say that he was born again on on at age twenty two. Now, what that looked like, I don't know. Uh, I th- think that that it might have been an excuse of just getting away from people uh, as a young age. They said because he also lied a lot. Was another what? Thing. No. He did not. Mm. Might a lot. I mean, as far as like, you know, things like saying, you know, they don't know. Things didn't always add up. I'm, no, I mean. I'm going to go ahead and say that most of it's probably bullshit. Well, I guess. <laughs> no, okay. Maybe not most. No, 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 no. I'm just saying. Yeah. Speaking of bullshit, though, the Seventh Day Adventists, they had some issues with him. And so they, they kicked him out or they disfellowshipped, he was, yeah, for bizarre hemo. beliefs and lifestyle. That's actually a quote from uh, Shirley Burton of the Seventh-day Adventist World Headquarters. Disfellowship for bizarre beliefs and lifestyle, and uh, which sent him to the doorstep of Mount Carmel. Actually, uh, he came there as a handyman looking for work. And not only that, though. Yeah. He was a rock star. You're damn yeah. right he was a rock and roll star. Now, that might be putting it a little heavy-handed. He played music. You know, I listened to him. He didn't have bad voice. Oh, really? You actually heard some of his really? Yeah, in, in a couple of the, the uh, I watched a couple documentaries, and they had him playing music. I mean, didn't he sounds interesting. Later, he yeah. played at a band at the at the compound, right? Right. Didn't they play all the time too. They but, played. The compound was interesting. They were always doing things. They were making money. Yeah, uh, selling guns, selling guns legally 
And yeah, they had a gun dealer in the group. Guess who really liked him? All the local people. Seabot? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Again, yeah. he was probably extremely charismatic. Right, yeah. right. You know, hey, they're a little crazy, and they smell like patchouli, but, you know, <laughs> they, they, they mow. And he... <laughs> all- <laughs> <laughs> he also, though, uh, was trying to not only make it in music, but he also tried to make his fortune and fame in Hollywood as well, from what I understand. Oh, really? Yeah, and then yeah. was spurned by that, and then that's when he kind of came back into the fold. So we were talking about that quote from Shirley Burton that he was kicked out for uh, speaking against the sanctity of family. He was a polygamist, is one ah. of the things that, that she's getting at there. Claiming that others beside Jesus could lead people to spiritual forgiveness. That's the thing we're talking about where we're getting to that harder uh, Branch Davidian talk where yep. they come up with, guess what? The person's going to be here on earth. They're going to make those things. Calling himself Vernon Jezreel, uh, borrowing from scripture reference to the avenging one. So anyway, he's at Mount Carmel. He gets there. The Branch Davidian compound. Every good cult, as we know, they need a compound. Oh, yeah. A layer, one might say. Oh, like we said, and he's not just there as a handyman. He's a rock and roll uh, aficionado. And Kevin, if I remember right, you celebrate his entire discography, right? Right. Um, He is, in my mind, a reprehensible, horrible um, uh, uh, liar and, uh, to a degree, charlatan. But uh, he really could wail. You said you like him. You said the Beatles could almost live up to him. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and stop doing this joke, (laughs) Uh, you motherfucker. I heard him on Austin City Limits once. He was excellent. (laughs) Uh, fuck you, Brent. Hey, hey, I'm only repeating what you say. That shut your mouth. Don't run this with words. So he moves there in uh, eighty eighty. He moves there in eighty one eighty two. <laughs> There's a little bit of conjecture. It's a seventy seven acre compound outside Waco, Texas, mm-hmm. and Vernon in a power move. This is a heavy power move. Yeah. He starts banging Lois, the the former leader's wife. He now starts fucking her? her? She's, in sure her she's in her late 60s or early 70s. No. no. She's 77 years old. Wow. Uh, yeah, he, the, he's in his tw- late 20s. So, yeah, I thought he... So okay. the, the wife of former leader Ben Roden, mm-hmm. he's banging uh, Lois Roden, 77 years old on a 77-acre ranch. Wow. Hot. He, and... He starts claiming he's getting prophecies from God, and like any cult leader in training should, boom, those are power moves. All of those. Big power moves. Now, here's the problem. Lois had a son, George, and old Georgie didn't like this at all because he's co-running said religious cult. And he's got no need for a stepdad. No, 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 no. Especially Especially not one who's probably younger younger than him. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Lois... If she dies, Georgie wants to lead. He's the heir apparent to the Davidian throne. But spoiler alert, old Vernon, he wants to be the leader. You know, he sees this as this is his opportunity to, to take over. She starts giving Vernon, David, I, I'm going to keep calling him Vernon because he's still Vernon or trying sure. to, because that's a staunch change. It is. Uh, still at the time, she starts giving him more and more power against George's uh, will I guess I should say. Do you um do you think that she uh really uh had feelings for him? I think she liked the attention and mm-hmm. liked getting banged and it probably I know that sounds dirty but it probably made her feel like a a, a person again, you know? Yeah. Okay. Hey. Where there's a will there's a way and who's to say she wasn't just uh fucking bearcat in the bed. 
I mean, you you know, you you slap some lube well, down and she's ready to go. Uh, I hope George wouldn't say that. They, as the, you know, around Waco, they said, that old Lois, she could suck start a Harley. And, you know. Yeah. That's just the way it <laughs> they goes. They can't. I- you say, so she had a chandelier that she was hanging from? And yeah. In the Woo! <laughs> so I said, I said she started giving him power. Like, uh, she's letting him preach. Let him teach to the people. And by 87, there's a rift. So good old Vern leaves and he moves to Palestine, Texas. But the thing is, this rift, which we're going to talk about, uh, a lot of people had taken his side. So a lot of the followers didn't like George. They move with him to Texas, mm-hmm. this uh, to Palestine, mm-hmm. and they're living in like trailers and crap and, like, out buses, there. Right? But they got their gats with them. Yeah. And so what do you do eventually when you want to do it? You want to get back. You want to take control. Well, you storm the place and a gunfight ensues. But get this. <laughs> Guys, why do you you storm your old place? You need, you know, as you much know, as you want to do it, you need good reason. I know. I was reflecting on that. The only reason I would storm yeah. a religious compound would probably be if I thought the leader was exhuming dead bodies and promising to bring them back to life. So there's that's two I was versions. Just that. Yeah, yeah. There's know, two versions to it, and it depends on whose story you're going to take. One is that he had been told that that George was. Had exhumed a body from the ground at Mark Carmel in an attempt to resurrect a deceased woman. The other story is that George challenged Vernon to prove who was the true prophet. He said, I'll exhume a goddamn body and you bring it back to life to prove you're the prophet. But in another power move, Oh, Vernon goes, well, guess what? No matter either way, I'm calling the cops. Yeah. He calls the cops. That's cold. That's and cold. Like, and uh, here's the deal. He called the cops as a directive from God. Yeah, and, yeah. He, and he told me he threw out his shoulder, which uh-huh. is why he couldn't resurrect the dead. He really has to. You have to really. Kind of, oh, yeah, yeah. You got to have that, that that rotator cuff. Yeah. He, also, yeah. he's quoted he as saying, and also stop fucking my mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that came through or not, but that that's part of it. Uh, that was redacted from the transcript. Either way, yeah. that is fucking bold. Hey, give me a minute. I'm going to go get a fucking body. <laughs> And uh, we're going to go razzle-dazzle that motherfucker. And we're going to see who's the real messiah here. And he goes, you know what? These are my people. I don't want that consecration or desecration of these bodies. And people go, "Mm, that is good for you. The cops, though. Wait, that's all it takes? Well, the cops didn't believe him. The cops were like, eh, you know, I don't know, Vern. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> so what's he do? He goes in fucking guns hot a blazing. Yep. His people charge in and attempt to get proof. When I see- search for proof, I always go in with multiple automatic weapons as well. When I, oh, I mean, I, that seems like that's the way you'd want to, to obtain that. I don't know why you live such a predictable life. <laughs> It's the religious way. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. Christ's way. Mm-hmm. So they go in there. They're going to see what's going on. George is shot in the process. This whole thing blows up. This this whole sex with mommy thing came back to bite him in the ass in this too and in the future. And not uh, the way he wanted it. No, because so the cops come in. They're going to arrest everyone. Everything's going on. George also during this time, he claims that he got his mom preggers. Uh-oh. 77-year-old mommy's yeah. pregnant. Yeah. Uh, 
and and Koresh, uh, if I remember correctly, well, I wasn't there. Sorry, if I remember <laughs> from my research correctly, she good cover up. Oh, thank you. Had a miscarriage, and well, he said it's because she didn't have enough faith, and that was kind of a way. He are you could sure that's not a her? professional wrestling story arc? Because I think I remember that from like two thousand nine. Yeah. <laughs> then she gave birth, also but it was true. only a hand. Yeah, it was a hand. Yeah, it was Mark actually, Henry yeah. and May Young, and then it was punted by Snitsky into the third <laughs> yeah. row. Wow, so the other thing that, is, was, that was quite a great little segment we just So he was <laughs> questioning about this shit, though, if it was true. And to the cops, he, he said jokingly to the police, if I got a 77-year-old woman pregnant, I am God. And I guess that quote was even said in kind of like a tongue-in-cheek way. Mm-hmm. And they're like, got him. He thinks he's God. That was one of the things they were putting. Because they're building a case at this time, and we're going to get into that, too, about the crazy stuff that he's doing. Wow. But, uh, what kind of case are they building against you, Brent? We don't talk about that until... Um... Uh, I'm just saying that, that how often I hear you talk about your divinity. Kevin, as uh, Brent's legal counsel, I'm going to advise that he does not uh, answer you on that question. Y- yeah, you have uh, legal counsel here? <laughs> he can neither confirm nor deny. Producer Lisa is a, a woman of many hats. Jesus. Hats. So, powers of be claim, boom, he's God. You know, he's saying he's God, but that's, that's for later. Less than two years later, George is not doing well. Mount Carmel is losing support, is spiraling into debt. And then for shits and giggles, old Georgie finds himself convicted in prison in a mental institution for murder. Yeah. yeah With man, an axe. A man named Dale Adair told George that he was the Messiah. And in response, he fucking uh, split his face open with an axe. Oh, is that all? That's all? Oh, I don't know why it had to escalate so quickly. Meaning putting him in a mental institution. Yeah, you, you'd think that'd be a slap of the wrist in, yeah, in Texas. Right. <laughs> That's the old Texas hello. <laughs> so Roden's in prison, and he owes thousands of dollars in back taxes. So boom, Crush steps in and becomes the leader of the Branch Divinians. I mean, he was a smart individual, and yeah. he was very calculating. And when he, people tried to bait him, he kind of he, he took that advantage of it. And in 89, eight years after his arrival, then uh, as a Branch Davidian, Vernon has gained total control over this entire. You know, group. I th- I think that, and I I mean this sort of tongue in cheek, but also sort of accurately. I think that Georgie was playing checkers, but I think that Vern was playing chess. Uh-oh. You know what I mean? I hear you, yeah. king me. <laughs> he was indeed king. <laughs> Careful, he can move in any direction. The king of kings. <laughs> yes. So let's yeah, let's go to break real quick because this story, as we're speeding through it, it gets weirder. And when we come back, we're going to talk the day-to-day shenanigans at Mount Carmel. Oh, Jesus. And spoiler alert, they are not cheeky fun shenanigans like mine. Yeah. Oh, That's yeah, true. cheeky fun. That's true. Not fresh, the damn robot. I am Alpha and Omega. Acast powers some of the world's best podcasts. Here's a show we recommend. Hello, everyone. I'm Danny Pellegrino. I'm Jenna Brister. And we are back for season two of a very merry, iconic podcast. We're going to be diving into your favorite holiday movies, recapping them and going on a few tangents. Yes. And it's the end of the world as we know it. So why not close out 2020 with a bunch of episodes of Holiday Recap with us? So we hope Mm -hmm. everyone grabs a cup of eggnog. And a fistful of candy. Cook that bird in Doritos. the Doritos. We don't care what you're into. Just join us. Grab your bed wine. Grab your couch cocoa. We're getting lit on the holiday movies. We'll be doing 10 recap episodes. 
So subscribe to A Very Merry Iconic Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and find us on social media at A Very Merry Iconic Podcast on Instagram and we'll have all the updates there. A-Cash recommends. I saw a woman made a pencil skirt of that drawing. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, Lord. So we're back. We were talking. Uh, fun sketches uh, <laughs> during the break. We know him as David Koresh. <laughs> yes. I don't know why I'm saying sketches. We know, but to this point, he's still been Vernon Howell. And he's now the leader of the cult, so he changes his name, as you do. I don't know why I didn't just stick with Vernon Jezreel. Well, I'll tell you why. Okay, then. And oh. and I can I can weigh in a little bit on the name thing as far as some of the OT uh, uh, history that I think gives it real flesh on the bone. Should go for it. Why okay. did he change his name? Well, so David, of course, being King David, which mm. was of the um, Israeli uh, and Judah. King um, of the Jews! Exactly. Um, <laughs> it sounds like a it sounds like a fucking sports drink. King of the Jews. <laughs> that or you're yelling out an order at a fucking Burger King. Yeah, uh, I'll take. Oh, uh, that was in uh, the what was it? Clerks. He's like, I'll take an egg a movie muffin and a King of the Juice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's let poor John Thomas finish his no, point. Totally okay. So so Koresh, interesting little uh, riff on talking about the history. So. So the the kingdom fell, you know, the uh, kingdom of Israel and Judah fell. And then the Jews went into what's called diaspora, which is where they're kind of mm-hmm. spread all over. But the Babylonians noticed that um, there were a disproportionately huge amount of people uh, in Judaism that could read and write. And that was mm-hmm. really a mm-hmm. useful skill. So they took those folks and they essentially that stick kept them. Even to this day, it helps reading and writing. To be able to read and write, yeah. yes. Uh, I'm the dissenting opinion. So so they kept them uh, in cap, kept, I don't know, captivity, slavery, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and they were freed by the Persians. Mm-hmm. So at that point, Cyrus is the leader. And he surprisingly is this fairly magnanimous conqueror that says, well, I got no problem with you. Go back to take your Let land. Let these people go. So he's see he's it changed it. Not let my people, uh, not these people. <laughs> he's embraced as a Messiah, and in the Old Testament, Messiah didn't necessarily mean anything divine. Yeah, it was it just, just meant the, essentially the, someone who saved us. Yeah, exactly. And so Koresh is Hebrew for mm-hmm. Cyrus. Correct. And, and you said the Babylonians. So in in that story, um, they're kind of the bad guys. Yeah. So the the Babylonians are the bad guys in the Old Testament, and that motif is carried forward into the New Testament into the ready Book of Revelation. Hey, hey! And I don't know if you know this. Cyrus is also uh, Cyrus the Great. He's referred to as is also remembered because he chose the form of the traveler the last time that Gozer the Gozerian came. Ah, uh, the you traveler know. has come. <laughs> Shoes three feet above the covers. <laughs> well, the reason I asked about the Babylonians is didn't um, Koresh? And maybe we'll get into this. So I'm sorry if I'm jumping the gun. Uh, didn't Koresh preach that? Um, the American government was Babylon. Yeah, and so Babylon is, like I said, it's a it's a motif along with Rome uh, that is used commonly uh, in Christian circles and sects as basically a representation of of evil empire. Mm-hmm. So it okay. can be used interchangeably. He wrote a really uh, upbeat song about it. People, America's of the sun? Babylon. <laughs> I don't know that song. Babylon. That Babylon I, well, song. I, was, I went the Rage Against the Machine route, so I guess that, oh. that says a lot about both of us. 
I think it does. Yeah. And there's, of course, in Revelation, the whore of Babylon, who's wearing a sash yeah. of purple. So. Yeah. Oh, was that like kind of like a scarlet letter type thing? Like she had to wear it? Or... Well, so we're, purple yeah. was, we're going, we're going off it's script. It's royal but... color. Exactly. Purple's a royal color. It's the Roman royal color, specifically. Mm. So Okay. Mm. Yep. Well, this Roman. has been, that was fun. Thank that, you. You played Roman hopscotch, you used to say. What was that? A what? Roman hops- hopscotch. Yeah, don't act like you don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, speaking of... Uh, He'd land in the lion pit <laughs> if you land on the six. <laughs> because now David Koresh, who's taken the name of, of King David and Cyrus the Great, becoming David Koresh, old Vernon now, is gone. Because not being a, a total shit stain on society is is beyond him. In 89, Koresh used his power as spiritual leader of this group to take several spiritual in quotes, as they put him, wives. As young but as their relationship old, was very physical. The, it was not he spiritual. was fucking the shit out of anything there. And you know what? When you're in a close group and you're 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 banging everything, all of a sudden you turn on to you turn to like he did children. Now, Kevin, this yes. is an interesting thing. We say twelve. There was a lot of young girls, and we say twelve. Why is that? What was the legal age of consent in Texas? Then? Uh, well, uh, my rebuttal here. I don't have my legal counsel here. Um, why are you asking me? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, Don't you carry that card with you with all 50 states? <laughs> <laughs> That's some, some C-Bot level. Twitching. I'd buy that for a dollar. Uh, I believe when I was reading about this, it said that it was like 14, 14 with yeah. parents' consent in Texas. Yeah, 14 with consent, they could get married. They could get married at 14 with parents' consent. Oh. Uh, but yeah, and so... You guys need to understand that this is just to create a new lineage, though, of world leaders. Oh. Once in his image. It's not because he wants no, he's, to. He's taking one for the team. He's well, wait a minute. Why did it have the, to be the young Because he needs to. Well, there's only so many women there. And well, he needs to breed it, I, all these I new also people. read that they had to be virgins for the, the 24. Uh, I, I know I said. No, because was, he took wives of everyone there that was already a wife. I know, but he. Okay. So I he guess just he was, needed the offspring. He was mixing his metaphors. What was it, 47 or 27? I forget how many uh, uh, women, I'm sorry, children he was supposed to bear that would become the, the new rulers. Well, guess what, though? People start talking. And this raised allegations of child abuse, which contributed to uh, the, the siege that eventually was going to happen by the ATF. And the reason why he did this is he was interpreting Revelations uh, chapter 5 especially verse two, Crush identified himself as the lamb of God or the lamb that's in, uh, mentioned the verse. And the actual verse part two is, and I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice who was worthy to open the book and to lose the seals thereof him. He saw himself as yep. the, the seals. Now, do you want to talk? Are you familiar with that? Like yeah. what, talk to us about that. It's traditionally, it's interpreted as a symbol of Jesus Christ, and that's, but not for old Davy. He thought of himself as that lamb, and he was therefore Jesus. Yeah. So if you read his um, his exegesis on the seven seals, which he didn't get through all of it, he only got mm-hmm. through I think the first one um, because it was written during the siege. Um, he talks about that um, he he didn't proclaim to be Jesus Christ. He thought that Jesus Christ failed in his mission. And that um, he was the quote unquote sinful 2.0. Messiah. Yeah, the sinful which, Messiah. Yeah. Which we'll talk about. Which, by the way, does, don't you think sinful Messiah sounds like a 
English speed metal band from the yeah, 80s. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We are sinful messiah. Thank you, like Nottingham. They're, something they're, that David Koresh would be the lead they're, they're, yes. Their hit song, Maidenhead, you know. <laughs> Maidenhead, Maidenhead. <laughs> he, um... So, so yeah, he was uh, interpreting that obviously differently, uh, that he was that slain lamb that uh, would be able to open the seals. Slain lamb? I actually saw them open for Sinful Messiah that's, one time. That's right. Yeah, so this is fun. Yep. <laughs> and the thing about this is, is when he's now, he is this messiah and he's taking on these quote unquote spiritual wives. Fiona, it's his, period. You don't have anything. Everything is his. Your TV, your car, your wife, your child. He was Lamb of God, and all things were his, period. And if you're going to be in that group, you were going to abide by those rules. And what's crazy is you talk to these people, and they're like, you, they were talking to him. You, he's took your wife. It was the only way. He, he deserves it. You know, he's my brother. And, uh, and he separated them, right? The men and the women? Well, because he didn't want any right. funny business. And he, he made the men like get rid of photos of their wives. Yeah, he was the only wife. one that was, um, not their was wife, able to his. do that. And I mean, obviously, that speaks to his narcissism um, on a whole other level that he – I mean, when you think of the narcissistic personality disorder, you have to understand that they really feel like they're sometimes literally, sometimes figuratively the center of the universe. And so right, right. other people's – desires don't really matter because they're bit players do in they the play well i think he really believed these. some people you look at people that are in you know look at jim jones jim jones was yeah. a sham i really think david koresh thought that he was in the right or he was helping these people in a fucked up way kevin and i were talking about this earlier mm-hmm. and, and so i always go back to when we talk about uh, these type of cult leaders I feel like they fall into one of two branches. They either fall into opportunistic um, charlatan mm. uh, or they fall into true believer. And I was convinced, especially with the spiritual wives, that he was the opportunist uh, and, and didn't believe a word of it. But but after reading some of his, his like the exegesis, read more about him, I think he might have believed some of this shit. Yeah. I mean, I really yeah. do. It's And it may have been something where he, he vacillated back and forth. Right. Well, yeah. And that's something that they and themselves are like, well, I'm having doubt, and that's because I'm man, and I need to extend sure. past this and things like that. We're talking about his wives. He did have one legal wife. Her name was Rachel Jones, and she was 14, actually, at the time of their marriage. That's his own only legal marriage that he had. Good night. And Crush asked his followers to embrace celibacy. We're talking about, like you said, you, you, he nullified their marriages. You're not. He took the one for himself, uh, including Rachel's 12-year-old sister, Michelle. So he, he was married spiritually to a 12-year-old girl for sure. Now, some of them, there have been talks that he was with some as young as 10. The problem is when they testified, the story's changed and things like that. So it's never been for sure as I far as I think 12 goes. is hideous enough yeah, of, a, yeah. of a behavior. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think it's all fucking hideous. And I think this guy is so, and I, I texted this to both of you guys after doing some research, this guy is so full of shit. Well, if, if Not if, to say that he didn't maybe not believe this the, theological shit and have such narcissism that he thought he was the one who, who only understood the seals and opened them but he's so full of shit well you gotta understand something if he fucks you you're now in the house of david and that's all that matters that's just because his name's on the lease well and it's also all the music they played you gotta think he was just pumping that 24 <laughs> 7 he wasn't listening to like seals and cross yeah <laughs> <laughs> he admitted to fathering 12 children by several wives uh though other sources say 15 which is a weird 
a weird thing. And unfortunately, the 77 year old woman, uh, you know, that baby never came. Uh, that's because faith. Snitsky kicked it into the yeah, throat. That's exactly how it goes. People flocked to him, though. They did. Yep. They really did. And they were convinced his word was truth and that he was the real prophet. This, this, you know, the, the, the sinner that they were promised or, or so to speak, he built up Mount Carmel to include chapel, sleeping quarters, gym, swimming pool, work area. They had a gym and a swimming pool in there. They had everything there. I did At the not know same that. time, he ensured his empire by protecting, installing watchtowers. Brought on an FFL. Uh, someone had a, a federal firearms license that was a member. Brought them in there, and because of that, lots and lots and lots of guns. Cult he, leaders tend to be good administrators, um, or they tend to at least know how to hire the right people mm-hmm. to be good administrators. Because Surround, you know, uh, delegate. You can delegate, and you delegate to the people that are your that you trust. Mm-hmm. You know, that was the problem is the mom before Lois was delegating to David when he couldn't really be trusted. And George knew that, but George had some ax splitting to do and he got ousted. <laughs> uh, he began to build an arsenal though. And this is the thing. Um, Scary. I said they would go to local gun shows, local all over the country, buy and sell and trade legally. They yep. were doing this to the letter. And that's another thing you're talking about. They're good at things. He was legally doing these. They, they, they had impeccable records. The mag bag. That was the, the mag name of bag. The... Was, they had a actual gun store. Yeah. And he, the other thing was, that was he the was, name of the gun store was mag bag, which mag is bag. very clever. I mean, honestly, it is. Mm-hmm. Weapons parts were being shipped there. Chemicals for explosives for being shipped there. Night vision scopes, supplies of, of lots and lots and lots of ammunition. And in doing so, you start to draw attention because everything is regulated. They know what you're getting, and they also they they know what you're not supposed to be getting because a UPS driver accidentally yeah, opened that's what a I was package opened, yep. mm-hmm. and guess what? It was all inert the, grenades yep. and the shit to make them work. If you put them together, could you imagine being that UPS driver just being like, "Do to do, it's a Thursday. <laughs> I'm going to go home. I'm going to have a beer. I'm going to watch what ER." <laughs> and uh, actually, I don't think ER had started yet. But anyway, and then grenades and other shit comes out of this box. I, I think as a, a UPS driver, he was playing in utero at the time. The true. <laughs> when stuff like that, you're an Old. UPS driver. You know to take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and <laughs> there you have it. It's UPS driving. Those are you, the facts of life. The world's never seemed to be living up to your dreams if you're a UPS driver, but finally you're finding out that you need to call the ATF if you find inert <laughs> grenades in a box. Get your legal counsel back on the line, please. <laughs> so seriously, though, uh, he starts drawing attention to himself by outside. The problem is the locals liked them. They were nice. They were they were cordial. You know, they weren't the weirdos that didn't shower, per se. You know, they were... They, those folks live in Oregon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or in the woods in Kentucky. Yeah, no. And so this led all of this, this, this firepower building, this, all this. People are wondering, what's he doing? And then they start looking into his past. And they start looking into the past. And this all leads to the siege. And we're going to cover that next week. We're going to go over some of this that we've talked about and build on it. But this guy was a smart dyslexic manipulator who fucked children 
So there you go. That pretty much sums it up, I think. And there are still people today, and I will probably talk about this next week. There are still people today who believe in him and believe in what the branch there Davidians are. There are the, the the survivors, and then there's still other branches of the branch Davidians who it just see, blows my mind. And the out. theologian in prison that actually still writes about him and thinks he's coming back. Oh, I didn't know about that. Yeah, that was one of the combat. I can't remember his name, but I, I uh, know John. if he's in the notes. But uh, okay, um, go forth. John, John go forth. That's where he is. Prison. I wasn't okay. supposed to say it though. All right. I wasn't supposed to say it out loud. There, cats out of the bag. So we'll get to to more next week. It's a heavy, it's a heavy topic, and we're trying to make light as much as we can. So you know, yeah. that's what's going on. But what do you guys think? How? The, I, I think the best question you know to talk about on Hysteria Nation this week is. How do people fall for cults? Yeah, I still don't have a good answer for that. And, you know, you're, it is a heavy topic. I know uh, you guys invited me on a while back to be on the Jamestown episode. Mm-hmm. Just dark and terrible. And it, jo- That's Jonestown, my friend. That's what I meant. Sorry, Jamestown. You, cha- you changed uh, the name. That was thinking uh, of James Joyce's cult. Was yes, uh-huh. Uh, the, a bunch of people who cult. really, really have a good time on, on June 16th, 1904. What was this big? Was it uh, Euclid? Was it U- Ulysses. 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 Yeah. Takes oh, place right. in one day. Uh, so just really quick, have you guys ever read his love notes to, uh, They're real weird. to his letter? They are the most perverse oh, no shit. thing I've ever... I'm like, this is 1902. My dearest whatever. Yeah. Let he me talks plunge. about how he likes the, the sound of her farts and that he likes the quick little whip crackles. And <laughs> uh, It's funny. Kevin actually runs a <laughs> site called BreakingTheAirlock.com. And it's about two people putting their butts together and farting into one, each other's butts. Literally, that is for some reason a conversation that Kevin had with me earlier today. <laughs> James, I might James have Joyce made actually up the, fa- started the Facebook that. page. Uh, <laughs> James Joyce probably did start it, and it's still better than Finnegan's Wake. Not to be confused with Kevin's other page, spacedocking.com. You can look that up. Uh, Please don't look that up. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ, Brent. No, David David Gresh, Gresh, Brent. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Vernon. Oh, Lord. So on (laughs) on a serious note, so... um. Like we talked about, just briefly, I did want to mention, I mean, when you look at Hitler, when you look at yeah, yeah, yeah. Manson, when you look at David Grush, for some reason, all of these gentlemen were spurned in their artistic endeavors, mm-hmm. and they seemed like they personalized that so much that they felt they could, they needed to have people worship them. Well, it's like it's like Eddie Izzard said, I can't get this street right, fuck it, I'll kill everyone! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's like if I'm not going to, if you're not going to worship, worship my creation, then, then you will worship, worship me. me. Yes, that's a hell of a of a pill to swallow. And I think it's because art is so deeply personal, and yeah, so the rejection yeah. of art of, feels rejection so of your... deeply personal. And right. if you're a narcissistic person, that's like, why don't they get it? Mm. I'm I'm great. Yeah, <laughs> it's very very tough to. It's a very tough that's pill a, to swallow. That's a hell of a yeah. And it's right there, but people don't, uh, they don't get the help they need in yeah. one way or another. Just, sorry, I'm just sitting, uh, rethinking my theater degree over here. <laughs> <laughs> so, Nation, let us know about what your thoughts are on Colts, and let's talk about this on Hysteria Nation. Just go to Facebook, search Hysteria Nation. You can also go to Facebook.com slash Hysteria51pod. That is our regular page where you can find this, but there's a new way that you can find us. We just started. KGRA, you can listen to us. We're on there. You go to KGRARadio.com. We're on Mondays 
at 8 to 9 o'clock Eastern Time, 7 to 8 Central. It's us doing our thing on the internet radio, and it's a lot of fun. Check it out. We're going to be doing some some special shows on there very soon, but we're on there already. We're on there every Monday. And don't forget, also, you can find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash hysteria51pod. Leave us a voicemail, 773-669-7277. If you forget any of this, hysteria51.com, another podcast to talk about sad times sad times yes please come check us out and um if you have any questions or Yo, thoughts or check want us out. sorry it's a weird science reference everything all right you that's like the fourth weird science <laughs> reference know. today it's the greatest movie ever made uh, no no it isn't yeah come check out sad times uh we got 14 episodes up uh like i said we're probably taking a little bit of a break uh but we're taking no. a little bit of a Kevin isn't here anymore. Yeah. What is it with I touch a fucking show yeah. and they leave? Gone. John gets a job and he's not here now and he's coming back. He'll be back uh, very soon. Yeah. And you. That's exciting. You, then you got a new job and then you're literally never here. I'm never here. Like either. I said, you came here today. From the airport. Bag and tow. Yeah. Yes, sir. Uh, but please check out Sad Times. Yeah. And then Mr. JT Brown, you've got your new book. Tell yeah. us. Tell us about it. Tell, All right. Tell us a breakdown. We talked Give about. Having a scab in space, it hurts. It doesn't heal right. No, it really doesn't heal right in this universe. <laughs> that's for sure. So, all right. Uh, first of all, I got to get this out of the way. J.T. Brown was already taken by another indie author. So I had to be J.T.R. Brown. And when I did the research on that, all I found was, I think, an insurance salesman in Detroit or something like that. So as long as he doesn't write a book, I think I'm good. Um, so the the elevator pitch, as they say, uh they're on the planet Chancel. The planet Chancel is orbited by seven moons. Each of those moons is the sovereign domain of one of the seven gods. Oh. On the planet Chancel, human beings have divided themselves up into seven different tribes to worship each of the gods. Uh, including the, the tribe Koresh. Right? <laughs> yeah, there's one very, very similar. Yes. On Chancel, here's, here's what you get on the planet Chancel. So when you die, uh, you go into what's called lunar life, which is where you're resurrected uh, on the moon of the god that you worship. So our protagonist is a young man named Renza, uh, who is uh, part of the Precient Guard. So the Precient Guard uh, are mystics that use hallucinogenic drugs uh, in order to look at the future. Uh, they, not, not that far off from like what we think of like shaman and stuff did. Yeah, the Native Americans, exactly. Like and stuff like exactly. That. So there's a theme there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he unfortunately uh, gets a world shattering prophecy dropped in his lap uh, that there will be a uh, child sacrifice from thousands of years ago um, that's going to return from the moon scab, which Whoa. is the death god's moon. And he's got a warning that there's some nefariousness uh, afoot. Uh, that might be a threat not only to the first lives of Chancellites, but even to their lunar their lives. Lunar lives. You got it. Wow. Again, That's... I can't recommend it enough, man. It's a really good book. I appreciate. I, really I gave him twenty it. bucks to say that. Uh huh. And frankly, I'm underpaid. <laughs> <laughs> no, That's check awesome. it out. It's uh, so uh, for fans of dark fantasy, fans of Neil Gaiman, uh, fans of China Meville. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, this is going to be right up your alley. New weird uh, for you, sub 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 genre. Uh, fans uh, is probably what it would best fall into. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. So, well, congrats. And, yeah. And uh, like we said, this will be 
it'll be on a couple weeks this episode but it just came out yeah it just came out like a couple of days ago uh, available exclusively on Amazon uh, you can read my ramblings about professional wrestling and theology on uh, www.jtrbrownwriting.com um, and uh, you'll increase my traffic if two people show up you'll increase it twofold well you heard that hysteria <laughs> we're going to go there go and there now let's talk wrestling Let's do it on there. I'll fight you all. And it's funny. You guys are here today and then you're leaving to go watch the AEW Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Full gear. Is that what it's called? Full gear. I'm revolutionizing wrestling, ladies and gentlemen. It's it's definitely uh, shaking. It's the new Monday night. Wednesday night wars. Exactly. But the new, you know, it's the WCW and uh, WWF, WWE, you know, that's when it was so much fun. So this is what that uh, that whole genre needs, yep. I think. And a little bit of a changing of the guard. So good for them. So uh, don't forget, we're going to be back next week. That's right. We're going to be talking about the siege. More uplifting stuff. Uh, not you the know, More puppies. The not the, fuck the nudes, man. <laughs> more flowers and puppies. So with that said, I've been Brent. I've been Kevin. I've been JT. He's been Conspiracy Bot. Stay woke, meat sacks. It was terrible. It was just terrible. I'll never get over it as long as I live. That's it for another edition of Hysteria 51. John and Brent will be back next week with yet more of the unexplained, the unexplored, and the unheard of. Oh, if it's unheard of, how will they know about it? Anyway, if you want to suggest a topic, give us your thoughts, or just make fun of Conspiracy Bot, that's my favourite. Join us in our Facebook discussion group, Hysteria Nation. Just log on to Facebook and search Hysteria Nation. Or you can always tweet us at Hysteria51Pod. You've been listening to a fourth-hand joint.